Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to be with you this November 8th, 2020. And uh, we sounds like we might even have a new president. Not going to do a program on that tonight. Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson, North Dakota. And you could be listening to us three different ways, four different ways. You could be sitting in the studio like 
I've got a couple men here sitting in the studio staring at me right now. One of them is in his pajamas. We've got, um, or it looks like those are camouflage pajamas. He was He's a deer hunter, but they look like pajamas to me. Brian Eilers is in the studio with us from our Minot Church. We also have uh, T- Timothy Andre, who is going to be sharing his testimony, which I'm very excited about this program. Now, before I get into that, I just want you to know who I am. I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church, 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. We have uh, church services. We are on the air. If you think that um, I'm not interested in you visiting our church, you are absolutely wrong. I'm very interested. That's why I do this radio show. I want you to come to church. I want you to experience the Pentecostal experience, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, So that's why we're on the air. That's one of the reasons we're on the air, and that's the main reason we're on the air. And so our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. We had a great service today. Uh, A lot of new visitors again, and I was just so excited about that. We are having visitors. I know some of the across the country, many churches are still shut down because of the pandemic. Uh, Our governor has not mandated us to shut down, so we've been holding services all the way through this, and we are thankful for that, and we are seeing many people that are glad to come to church and willing to come to church, and so we're excited about that. And so we want you to come and visit our church this Wednesday night, 730 is our next service. Going to be saying that throughout the program, talking about that throughout the program. Now, I've got a lot of people listening tonight, and you can text me and let me know that you're listening. I've got kind of an odd thing going on here. We have people that are trying to be the first person to text me for the radio show, and some of them are texting me very early. Uh, my f- good friend One-Armed Dave out in in, um, in Fargo, and uh, and his, he's, that's not his real name, but that, that's how I remembered him originally. I know his real name now. But he uh, texted me a couple hours ago and said, I better be the first one texting you. And I said, you were not. My good friend, uh, Brother Dale Jones uh, from Minnesota, uh, a minister out there that has a very wide following here, actually, in North Dakota. He comes out here and preaches a lot in our area. And he uh, he was the first one that texted me maybe three hours ago. And so I've got a lot of people texting. We have... Um, uh, I, I like what my friend Dave, he and his wife Lauren, he said, yeah, yeah, let's do this. That's great. Uh, man, I got all kinds of people texting me now. But we've got, um, so Brother Dale Jones was number one, Brother Dave Sharp was number two, and Brother Rose in Kentucky was number three. And then Brother Griffith came in a late number four out in Great Falls, Montana. Carl and Jeannie are listening in Michigan tonight. These are good friends of ours. Uh, when I tell Carl I'm traveling out of state, he'll try to travel out of state to meet up with me. He and Jeannie, that's kind of neat. Um, and so we, we do get together with them. He doesn't get back to North Dakota, but we do get to see him sometimes. We have um, Nathaniel Burling listening, and I know his dad and his grandpa and a bunch of his other relatives real well. We've got the um, Millers from Gulva, North Dakota listening. Brother Joe from Texarkana, Texas listening. Wow, look at all these texts, brother. The Tarbells, Ben and Dakota are listening tonight. Yvonne and Marin are listening down in Bowman. The, bar, the, the uh, Tarbells are in Bismarck. We've got Tim listening in North Carolina. Jody and uh, Eva Lee listening in Harvey. We've got um, uh, Megan Mathern. Ian and Megan are listening tonight. The, we've got some Lomans listening, plus Chance and uh, Tristan listening. The Paces, Henry and Ashton are listening tonight. Okay, and uh, and we've got um, 
somebody texted me and said, love you, Dad. So that's my daughter. She's listening in Beulah. And we've got the Sphinxes listening. And we've got Leah and the kids in Fargo tonight listening in the Fargo area. And so we've got a lot of people listening tonight. So I said I took some time to say that. But you can text me, 701-290-7862. Now, uh, as I mentioned, we have a very interesting testimony uh, a man with a very interesting testimony tonight in our studio. He was raised in a in a way that um, I didn't even know existed. You know that anybody was raised this way anymore in in America. But I've asked uh, Brother Timothy Andre. This is a good member of our church. He's was involved very heavily with our prison and jail ministry, but they've we've been shut down from going into the jail because of COVID. But he and his wife um, are are members of our church here in Dickinson. And, uh, in fact, his wife is going to have a baby any day, any second, just about. In fact, he, we may have to fill in this radio show if she goes into labor. But, uh, Brother Timothy, uh, we want to um, just welcome you to the Tell It Like It Is program. And why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you, Pastor Simons. It's an honor to be here. And I uh, just want to give a shout-out to some of my family in Missouri. I uh, mentioned that I'd be giving my testimony tonight. and think some of them are tuned in i'm not sure if all of them but and then also if any of my family in wisconsin my wife's family if they're listening love you and uh miss you so much hope to see you for thanksgiving but uh and then i just wanted to give a shout out to my parents neither one of them are are living today but both of them have passed away but very good parents and love them so much miss them and uh, most of all, shout out to my beautiful wife. Definitely blessed with the best and can't even thank God enough for what he's been bringing into my life with this new little little baby that we're going to meet soon. Like you said, any second. <laughs> it could be getting up and leaving halfway through here, but just uh, just so blessed in life and so grateful for my church family. want to give a shout out to just everyone in my church that's, you know, taking the time out to even, you know, love and guide me and teach me through these years. It's one of the biggest blessings in my entire life, really, is my church family, my pastor. It's just, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. My good friend Brian in here, shout out to him. They already mentioned, and I think his parents are listening in Medora. Drove all the way out from Michigan, I believe. Is it Flint, Michigan? north of Flint, Michigan. Drove all night to come see Brian. He lives up in Minot. And so he's going to go see them after the radio broadcast. But he wanted to just sit in with us and really good friend of mine. But Pastor Simons had invited me to just give my testimony. And I go to the jail, like you mentioned, and share my testimony with uh, men and women there. And we haven't been going since March. And so he just thought I could give my testimony on the on the radio, so I hope, uh, hope all my family's listening, love and miss them a lot, and I'm going to get into a little bit of my childhood, so try to leave out some names, <laughs> but I grew up in southwest Missouri, near a town named Stockton, Missouri, we lived out in the country a little ways, and about seven miles out of Stockton, and just grew up in a little little area right there is kind of a little community of a few 
Mormon families that moved out from Utah, my dad being one of them, he had a kind of a vision and I guess guidance. He felt felt led to go out to Missouri from Utah before I was born. And so at the time he had, I'm guessing like seven children at the time. And I wasn't born yet, so I wasn't one of them. But I've heard stories that he moved both. He, uh, he had two two wives. And so I want to also give respect to my my mother that's living, Mother Tammy. I grew up with two moms. I love her dearly, and she's always been there for me. And she helped raise me, helped spank me, <laughs> helped discipline me. She's just been been amazing in my life, and I love her so much if she's listening. But my dad and his two wives and whatever children were born at the time, I think it was all the way down to Peter and Samuel, they just moved with all the stuff they had. Their house had burnt down in Utah, and they had a few things. My dad went in and uh, grabbed a piano. He was very passionate about the piano. And, uh, hey, my mother, Mother Tammy just texted me, so she is listening. But grabbed a few belongings out of the house while I was on fire. And with my knowledge of the story, how it goes, is just moved in a school bus with all they had to Missouri and built a home here in Missouri, southwest Missouri, bought 500 acres of land between two or three different families. My father moved out there with a few other families. They started a church out there. They built a church building. And from when I was born, we were having church at home. We would keep the Saturday Sabbath. We would uh, have church on Saturday, kind of following through the Old Testament. And my dad held on to some traditions that I find very interesting. And he was a very good man, raised us uh, really good morals, and, you know, there's some things I disagree with him and agree with him on, but I love him so much, and I miss him. I was nine years old when he passed away, and so I don't have a whole lot of memories with him, but he taught me some really good things that I'll never forget, and so I just really miss my dad. Like I said, I was nine years old, and I have some fond memories with him really taught me how to work so he uh he had us out there working a lot and really taught me a lot of things how to treat people and you know I learned a lot of good and some negative from my dad but we all we all can be like that we can all have good and bad things about us and I I cannot say enough good things about my dad and my mom she she raised us and her whole life was dedicated to her children she had 10 children and that alone is a miracle to me because <laughs> with having my first, I just, you know, I can't imagine how small she was. She was two and a half pounds when she was born. She dedicated her whole life. She was such a loving, giving person, and I've learned so much from her. She just taught me how to love people and, and how to be kind, and there wasn't a bad bone in her body. I can promise you that. And she she was just such a good example to me. She passed away June 9th, 15th of 2017. And actually, my pastor, Pastor Simon's here, he actually went all the way down to Missouri, and that, that spoke so loud to me, because I had already loved Pastor Simon's, already had a good relationship with him, and he is such a wonderful pastor. Him and his wife are amazing, and I've been so blessed with them. He went all the way down there and to my mom's funeral, and he's just always always there for anybody. There's no one that he'll turn around, or turn, turn away, and he'll bring anyone into his home. He's been a uh, Good example to me, and 
but I'll try to get on to my <laughs> testimony. I've been just uh, so blessed with so many people in my life. But so a shout out to my siblings too, just all my siblings. I really love them and trying to move on. I I just remember my first nine years, I went to church, like I was saying, in our house. We sang songs. We read out of the Book of Mormon, read out of the Bible. And it's very interesting to think back on on some of the the memories in our, in our home and some of the times we'd pray. And it was really unique to think back on. But after my dad passed away, I really didn't have any direction or any ties into a church. I didn't really go to church after that. I remember a few times I went to church with a couple of friends. But I kind of, I guess you could say, lost interest. I wasn't, you know, forced to go to church anymore. My mom didn't, you know try to push me or persuade me to go to church. So I kind of just felt felt that I didn't really feel interested in it and kind of went on my own little path. I remember getting really involved with alcohol at a very young age, and I remember my, my poor mom. I feel so bad for what I put her through. <laughs> I I truly do. I She told me I could go to high school because I started hanging out with some some friends outside of the ranch, because at first my only friends were my siblings and other kids that grew up on this this ranch that I grew up on. It was all uh, just polygamous families mainly that I can remember, and living this uh, living this way, this uh, way they think is what they felt they believed they needed to live. And so, most of my friends, you know, lived the same way, grew up the same way, had the same testimony as me in my childhood. And had really good friends. I really miss some of my friends I grew up with. But I started making friends offside this ranch. And a lot of them just started telling me, man, you're a lot of fun to hang out with. You'd love high school. And a lot of them started talking me into going to high school. They're like, you should go next year. So I was like 13. And I turned 14. And the next year I went to high school, they talked me into it. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll give it a try. But I remember my mom, she told me, she's like, I would rather you not go to high school because I feel like you're going to get influenced by drugs, alcohol. Just I just feel like it's going to be a negative influence on you. Because that's what our dad had taught. None of my other siblings went to high school. We were homeschooled. And I, you know, very good at education there. My mom taught us very well and taught me up to ninth grade. And then, sure enough, uh, she said, yeah, you can go. Because I promised her I wouldn't get involved with those things. And I broke that promise to her. I feel really bad. But I got involved really early, probably 13, 14, started drinking pretty heavily, and it kind of consumed my teenage years, really. I think of it as kind of the the dark decade, 9 through 19, was was a pretty rough rough age of for me getting involved with those, just experimenting, you know, as young teenagers, young children, you kind of get into this mentality that we're going to live forever, and you start experimenting with different things in life, and, and sure, it's fun sometimes, and you don't realize the deeper meaning into it and and uh, don't have a grasp on what you're getting into maybe. But we're going to take a little break here. He's going to play a song and I'll kind of get into a little bit of my teenage years and how I got to where I'm at now. So, You know, um, you're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show and I've got Brother Timothy Andre here in the studio with me and... One of the things that I remember so well when we went to that um, 
when I went to your mom's funeral down there was the story that somebody told. It was it your mom's sister or, but your mom had had trouble giving a birth. The last couple children were getting so much bigger. Each child was getting bigger and bigger, and so she she um, decided not to have any more children after your before you were born. And she had a dream, I think, and she heard a little boy calling out and saying, uh, what, did you, what, did, what did the dream say? Don't forget me or please have me. And, and that touched me so much when I was at the funeral because, because I believe she probably did hear from God because that boy was going to find the Acts 2.38 experience and come out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're going to play a Lance Appleton song. Text me 701-290-7862. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, out of darkness into his marvelous light. chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light out of darkness into his marvelous light out of darkness into his marvelous light come on come on come on come on out of darkness into his marvelous light Not a whole lot of different words to that program or to that that song. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. 
We've got somebody giving their testimony tonight, and Brother Dave says he loves testimonies. I should do this once a month for sure. All right. Uh, we've got uh, Michael saying Tim has a good radio voice, and he should take over the show. No, he didn't say that. We've got um, uh, the we've got Brother Rose texting, and uh, just glad to have everybody. Let's see, we've got Brother and Sister Gubrud listening. We've got somebody named Sister B F L A. Doesn't say where she's from, but glad that you're listening tonight. And so you can text me, be part of the program seven zero one. Two nine zero seven eight six two. Uh, we've got uh, Brother Tim Andre giving his testimony. He grew up in a polygamist home, um, in a, a fundamentalist polygamist Mormon church, and I know eventually he's going to tell the story of how he came into the Acts two thirty eight message. Brother Tim, go ahead. Thank you, Pastor. And I guess my father in law is listening. Definitely love him. He's an awesome man in my life that I highly respect. And I think my mother-in-law is listening. Uh, Kim, I believe she's listening. I believe uh, Shelly and Gentry are listening. I love you guys and love all of you. And so glad you're listening tonight. And I want to give a shout-out to Chad. I'm not sure if he's listening. He hasn't texted me. But it's a new friend I made today. He's a visitor at church and just a really unique man that I met. He's actually got a similar testimony as I do. Just recently has come up here like two days ago from Colorado and just reminds me of my testimony. I talked to him for quite a while today. Really nice man and hope to see him again, hopefully Wednesday or Sunday. And uh, so I was getting into my teenage years. I was calling the kind of the dark decade of my life that I look back on. And when I was in it, it was you know, it was wonderful. It seemed so fun and just no cares in this life. Was very selfish individual. Didn't realize it at the time. Very vain. Everything was just pleasing me. Didn't care about family at the time, which is most precious to me. Didn't care about, you know, friends as much. It just was kind of all self-centered around myself. Everything revolved around me and how, how it pleased me if it didn't make me feel good and I didn't want to be a part of it. If it was going against what I believed, you know, I would turn it down. Hardly ever went to church, like I was saying, in those 10 years. But uh, I mentioned I, at a young age, I got involved with alcohol, and that kind of led to drugs, which I told myself I wouldn't do. And I always just wanted to be, I never wanted to get into that. I always wanted to be a good person. And didn't realize what I was getting into. I thought I was just, you know, experimenting and getting a little ways into. And then about 10 years down, I kind of got to the end of it. And I realized what I was doing and wanted to get out of it. And just kind of with experimenting with different things, just kind of felt an emptiness with life. I wasn't depressed, wasn't having thoughts of suicide, still had a lot of high expectations in life and wasn't having any of those thoughts but have had experienced some really good friends committing suicide, and that kind of struck me and was a wake-up call in my life. And I was I was just one of those foxhole Christians, they call them. Like, I always believed in God. I hung on to my belief in God, even in those 10 dark years. I remember having my very best friend claim to be atheist, and we'd have talks all the time. And I didn't know anything about the Bible, just uh, had a Bible and Book of Mormon that were combined that my mother had given me 
and never really read it. It just sat in a a zip up book cover case and just sat in my sat in my room and I don't remember ever really opening it. And so I always held strong to the belief in God though, even though I didn't know much about God. So I find that very interesting that with my atheist friends and I had a lot of them and I they're best friends of mine and I kind of got to a place where I was like, why do I hang on so strong to God if I don't even have a relationship with him? I don't even care what he wants me to do with my life. Like if, if I believe so strongly in God, like I need to do something with that. And that, uh, that kind of started a adventure in my life, a new, a new road that I was kind of seeking, but I didn't really do anything for the first couple years when I was kind of thinking that way. I didn't really start thinking about that until I had a really bad experience in Salt Lake City and it kind of started that. But before I moved to Salt Lake City, I'll kind of tie this in. I was working construction in Missouri with with some guys and they were going to move out to Utah for work and I didn't have a whole lot of direction, a whole lot of ties in Missouri besides family. But like I said, I was a selfish person and family didn't mean a whole lot to me at the time. I feel really guilty saying this. I feel really bad. But whenever I was hanging out with family events, even when I was as early as 13, 14, all I could think about was going and getting drunk, going, getting high, going and hanging out with my friends. Like family just didn't mean much to me. And I feel so bad now because now I'm always trying to get back to see family in Utah and Missouri. They're kind of spread out a little bit. Most of them are in Missouri. And I hang so dearly to my family, and I love them all so much. And so I feel so bad about my teenage years of being such a rebellious, <laughs> uh, just stupidity, my ways of how I would think. And so I hope you guys can forgive me. I actually have apologized to people after I got baptized and received the Holy Ghost. I had to text people, and uh, I haven't texted everyone and apologized, but I did a lot of people wrong. I lied to a lot of people, including my family, and even stole some of their vehicles they probably don't even know about right now. <laughs> but I stole one of my brother's cars when I was 13. I didn't have a driver's license to go hang out with friends. It was uh, didn't even have insurance or license. I should have been pulled over and <laughs> thrown in jail. But going drinking, stealing people's vehicles, just stupid stuff like that. I was just didn't care about other people's things and it was all to please myself but to move on from that I I moved out with these guys I worked with out to Utah because I didn't have a whole lot of things that were keeping me in Missouri and when I was out there I remember getting myself involved with some hallucinogenic drugs uh, they call them shrooms you eat them and it you kind of have a body body high experience and I remember doing it a few times and this one specific time I'll never forget because I was just it was a Thursday night I was living with a brother in Salt Lake City for about six months when I moved out from Missouri and this was December of 2014 early December about six years ago getting close to and I remember I had a, a bag of these shrooms and I remember I was going to go, I called some friends and asked if they wanted to eat them with me. And they said, yeah, two other friends. And so I was living in the middle of Salt Lake City Valley. 
I remember eating some while driving to my friend's house. I was thinking, I'm going to eat a little bit more than I normally do. Usually you ration it out or whatever and take a certain amount. And so I'm like, I'm not going to tell my friends. I'm going to eat some more than them, and then I'm going to go and share them because they're mine anyway, so I could eat as much as I want. So I get to their house, and I split it up evenly with them after I had eaten probably half of that. And I had a really bad experience. And I just remember being this. I do this all the time when I was drunk too, as a teenager, but I just remember being so tired of just this lifestyle I was living in. I got myself into this lifestyle. And I remember thinking to myself, God, if you get me out of this, I swear I'm not going to do it again. And I won't, I'm going to start actually taking my life serious and trying to figure out what you want me to do with my life. And I promise I'm going to do what you want me to do. And interesting thing is, is I I had said this multiple times when I was drunk and high before, and I always was just, you know, a liar. I would say it and then I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't follow through. And I was so tired of being that type of person. So I said it this time and sure enough, God brought me through like he always did. I feel so bad. I should Thinking back, I should seriously be in prison for probably accidentally killing someone, driving drunk on the roads. Like, it's just horrible. If if you live that lifestyle, you are so selfish. You're risking so many people's lives, and you don't even care about these innocent people, innocent children on the road. That's how bad of a person I was. And I remember he brought me through this uh, extreme high where I was seeing things that weren't there and experiencing some crazy things that I'm not going to go into, but... He brought me through it, and I remember that after that, I knew I was done. I was like, okay, I am done. So I, it was so strange to me because I told my boss, I'm like, I'm going to quit. And he's like, what? He's like, do I need to give you a raise and stuff? And I'm like, no, I'm just done. And he's like, he kept trying to talk me into it. Uh, I was one of his good helpers there, and we were framing apartments in salt lake and surrounding areas and he tried to talk me out of it and he's like well what are you gonna do and i didn't really know but i just i remember going to my house where i lived with my brother and just it seems silly to me to think and but i was as sincere as someone can be but i would just start saying prayers like god where do you want me to go surely you have a purpose for me i'm like just just show me if you want me to go back to the mormon church if that's where you want me to go i'll go there i promise and i'm going to stay to my word, stay true to my word. So just lead me, start telling me where you want me to go. If you're real, God, I know you got a purpose for me. And I started praying those prayers. And then a friend that I hadn't hung out with for a long time in Missouri, he called me a few days after that, after I started praying and he called me and he said, Hey man, I haven't heard from you for a while. You should meet me up in, uh, up in North Dakota. I'm going to go up to Williston and work on these workover rigs. And I was like, hey, I've never been to Williston, but it seems like this could be a, a way out of my environment, out of the situation I've been in. I'm tired of living in this house that I've been living in and hanging out with the friends I've been hanging out with. So it just seemed like a good way to get out. And I'll turn it over to Pastor Simons and then follow up with my adventure up to North Dakota. Got Timothy Andre in our studio tonight and just given his story of how he um, grew up in a polygamist home in Missouri and then ended up in Utah and then 
We're getting to the part where he gets to North Dakota and gets exposed to this Acts 238 message. Text me tonight. If you're listening, 701-290-7862. Here's some more Lance Appleton stuff. in my heart and salvation in my soul it's a long road yes it's a long road well it might be a long road but i'll make it to the city someday now don't tell me no story about reincarnation i've never seen a holy cow look anything like my lord there's just one rebirth and there ain't no Yes, you can have it today It doesn't matter who you are You just got to get your feet on the rock Your name on the roll You get Jesus in your heart and salvation When your soul takes a long road Yes, you take the long road Well, it might be a long road, brother But you make it to the city someday Now, don't tell me no story about Salt Lake City Yeah, they got a good choir But listen, brother, that is not the place The place of my salvation Is just outside Jerusalem Yes, and there's more than just a lake There's oceans of His saving grace I'm glad I got my feet on the rock Got my name on the roll I've got Jesus in my heart and salvation In my soul, it's a long road some old Lance Appleton stuff. I might might play some other music here in a little bit. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. We come to you live every Sunday night, 8.06 to 9.06 Mountain Time. 
You can listen to these programs over again on Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. Um, and you can find them under their podcasts. Actually, I found out just a few weeks ago that just about wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find these. You can look up, um, like like on um, Apple Music Podcasts, um, any of the any anywhere, just about anywhere. I think you look under um, Pastor Robert Simons, Pastor Bob Simons, the Tell It Like It Is Radio Show. I, you you'll find it that way. I know Brother Duran has worked his magic somehow to get those to come up. And I appreciate Brother Duran and Holy Ghost Radio. We've got in the studio tonight, if you're just tuning in, you've missed a lot of good stuff so far, but we've got Timothy Andre, who um, grew up in, in Missouri in a uh, polygamist background, and he is telling his story how he got from there into the um, born-again experience of Acts 2.38, John 3, 3-5. Uh, Brother Tim, why don't you go ahead? Just keep on going. Thank you, Pastor Simons. And uh, he was criticizing me on my radio voice. I'm not as experienced as he is. <laughs> but uh, hopefully you can hear better now. Uh, so I went through kind of my childhood years to nine, nine years old, growing up. And I have endless stories about that. But I moved on to teenage years that I, I was ashamed of looking back on as far as how I treated other people, how I was selfish. I called it the dark decade, and from 9 to 19, and then uh, moving on, and like during those, one thing I will say about those years is during it, I didn't feel like I was, you know, a bad person at the time. I felt totally justified. I justified everything I did, and I felt like a good person, even when I was stealing, lying, you know, just not even caring about people's feelings, uh, just different things like that. I I really didn't have a love for people or considerate of their thoughts, how they felt, if I did them wrong. And then moving on to, I was about 19 years old when I was living in Salt Lake after that experience I told you about. And when I told God I was serious this time, I wasn't just, you know, making these promises and not keeping them. I told him I was going to follow through. That friend had called me and told me, he kind of invited me, hey, you should come up. He was a good friend of mine that we, we drank a lot together, did a lot of drugs together back in Missouri. I hadn't seen him for a while since I moved. He's like, let's go up to Williston, North Dakota, and go work on these rigs. I thought it was a good idea to kind of get out of the house I was in. I was living with a brother in Salt Lake. He's a good brother. Love my brother. And uh, But I was just living there with you know some friends around and doing bad things. So I thought it'd be a good, a good ticket out. And I've been praying to, for God's direction. So kind of felt like that was, that was it. That was God's sign to go ahead, head up to North Dakota. And I, I promise you this, I talked to a lot of people and none of them said it was a good idea. Everyone said, don't do it. I've been to North Dakota. It's cold. It's the worst state out of all 50 states. And they're like, don't go up there. Like there's nothing up there. And even regardless that I, I packed all my stuff up in a little Ford Focus two-wheel drive car and just left my TV back home. I was tired of just watching TV and wasting my time there, and I kind of made up in my mind that I was just done with TV, with video games. I didn't waste too much time playing video games, but would watch a lot of TV there when I wasn't hanging out with friends, and I just made up in my mind that it's just a waste of time and there's more to life than than these Walking Dead series of these zombies I got into, and <laughs> so 
I kind of made up in my mind, I just, whatever I can fit in my car, I'm going to take up to North Dakota and start a new life. So I headed up and it was a blizzard. It's probably 7 p.m. on a Saturday night, December 13th of 2014. And I barely made it up through the snowstorm coming up out of the, the valley through the canyons and just kept driving all night. I didn't smoke cigarettes, but I bought a pack of cigarettes and smoked the whole thing just to stay awake. I don't. I didn't have to be to work until Monday morning. I don't know why I was in a hurry. I was driving up through, and uh, I had a friend uh, that lived in Dickinson. I also used to drink with and have some bad experiences with. They were fun at the time, I thought, but get myself in trouble with. He actually bailed me out of jail when I lost my license when I was 16 years old. Like two months after I got my ri- license, I lost it to drinking and driving. You think I would be smart enough to learn from there, but. Kept doing it all through high school without a license, drinking and driving every day. And uh, this friend that bailed me out, he was a very bad influence on me. I, I, I'm not blaming him. Don't hear me. I, I'm taking action for my myself, but he was not a good influence on me. And we do, you know, just dumb stuff all the time and should have died. But some of the things that happened... Uh, rolled my pickup one time from a party. It barely made it 200 yards from the party and rolled it in a ditch. and Just stuff like that all the time. Every weekend I was trying to get to a party. But this friend had uh, got exposed to this Acts 238 message, had uh, had changed his life around, had got baptized in Jesus' name, had received the Holy Ghost, and he was a new man. I hadn't seen him for quite some time. And so I heard of kind of a little bit about his life change, and I seen him one time before I came up to North Dakota. He was down in Utah, and we went snowboarding together. And I was drinking the whole time we were snowboarding because that's what we always did. And I thought it was weird, and I took a mental note that he wasn't drinking once. And I was thinking to myself, this is the first time I've never seen this guy drinking, like, ever. And so I took a mental note. And this is all prior before leaving to North Dakota. So he was up in North Dakota like three years before he had changed his life. And I remember him telling me a little bit about it. But when I was coming up to North Dakota, I wasn't even planning on going to church with him. I was just going to meet up with him and go to breakfast on my way up to Williston, North Dakota. It's just north of Dickinson. And so I get to Dickinson about 9 or 10 in the morning and text him, hey, let's go get some breakfast. Um, you know, he knew I was coming up. So he sends me his address, and I show up to his house, and he's dressed up pretty nice. And I was like, what in the world? So he's like, yeah, I'm going to church. If you want to come, you're welcome to. And I knew God was leading me somewhere, and I'd been praying. So I'm like, what can it hurt? So I go to church, and that's the first time I met my pastor, Pastor Simons. Met my amazing, beautiful church family that I love so much. And But <laughs> that day... I still remember what pastor preached that day, and I knew there was something different. I knew there was people that were passionate for God and and wanting to do what's right and be pleasing to God, and there was a passion there, but I didn't, like, change right there. I I still kind of hung on to my ways. In fact, I got in my car and actually smoked some weed that day right after church and headed up to Williston, and... But I felt so guilty after I did, like driving up to I just knew it was so wrong, whereas before I didn't really feel too convicted. It's just what I was used to. And I went up to Williston with some friends from Missouri that I mentioned, and just really bad influence and bad environment to be in up there. And 
I just want to mention too, just this, this part's free. You don't have to pay for this, but I was, I'm not saying like all these people were bad influences. Like I was perfect. Like I was one of the worst influences to people before I really was. I was some of the first time people smoking with or drinking with, like I was just a horrible influence. So when I, when I mentioned these guys were bad influences, I'm not trying to say like I was this angel and they were bad influences on me. But it was just, I was trying to get out of that lifestyle, and these these guys were not. They didn't have any desire to get out. And so that's what I'm I'm focusing on or wanting you to focus on when I say bad influence. Like, I had wanted to change, but my actions weren't saying that. I was still doing the same old things. So I go up to Williston. I'm working up there for three weeks, not having any tie to a church, nothing like that, still drinking, still doing stupid stuff, and... I was like, what am I doing? I came up here to North Dakota to get away from this. Why am I doing this? This isn't what you want for me, God. And I stopped praying. I stopped any of that stuff. So I was kind of getting frustrated with myself. And (laughs) interesting enough, I actually got frostbite on two fingertips, working out in the cold, working nights. And uh, went back to Missouri while I was healing. took about a month for it to heal. I had to get some antibiotics. And I was like, well, since I can't work, I'll just go visit family. Hadn't seen family since I went to Utah, about seven, eight months. So I go back to Missouri, hang out with family all January while my fingers are healing. And I made up in my mind, I'm done with Williston. I'm done with those friends. I'm going to go back to that town, Dickinson, try to try to get some work there, see what, see what happens. And so I went to Dickinson, started going to the LDS church, Mormon church here, and I was kind of doing half, you know, every other week I'd go to the LDS church. Every other week I'd go to this Pentecostal church that my friend Eli introduced me to. And (laughs) my friend Pat just texted me. (laughs) Uh, Good friend Pat's listening. Pat Caseza and his family definitely love them and good friends of mine. They've really helped me along the way. But uh, so I made up my mind I'm going to get back to Dickinson and just find work there and ran into some some people there started working with and I remember going on and off to the LDS church and this Mormon uh this Pentecostal church and was talking to a lot of different people I was talking to some Baptist people had some guy pray for me out in the street randomly just had a lot of really unique things happen said the sinner's prayer walked through that so that was that was neat <laughs> but uh just had a lot of really cool experiences and a lot of people you know talking about God and that's one of my favorite subjects is just anybody from any background that's interested and hungry for God I love discussing things about God and so it's really interesting time in my life to look back on and uh it took me quite a while to tell I started fully coming to this church and really committing to God because I made up in my mind do I really believe this Bible this word of God that it's a direction that God has inspired people to write and moved upon people to give to us, for me, for you, for every one of us to have as a as a roadmap, as a guide in life to go by. Like, do I really believe this, or is it just a bunch of fairy tales? Like, and then I made up in my mind that I was really going to trust God. That is, I believed it was power in His Word, and that the Bible had power to it, and that it was God Almighty, the one that created heaven and earth, created us. You know, the one that's given us life here. I believe that it was his word for us and that he wanted it to be in every one of our hands so that we could know what he wants us to do. 
like we have an open test. So like we got this test in life and he's given us an open book test, which I always loved in school because I didn't do the best in school because I was involved with drugs and alcohol. And every time there's an open book test, I was so excited. <laughs> so God has given us that in life. And, and I made up in my mind, I was going to trust it. I was going to trust God. People say, well, it's been translated this and that. And they, so many people will argue with the word of God and they won't believe it, but it is God's love and his mercy, his grace. He's given it to us to live by. And I made that, that decision in my life. I was going to trust God. He loves me. He's been guiding me since, you know, I was a baby. He's been, once I reached out to him, he's been guiding me, getting me out of the lifestyle I was in, leading me to this church family. I'm like, do I really believe it? So I made up my mind, yes, I do. And right after that, things have started progressing very rapidly. And we'll take a little break, and then I'll I'll finish it up with all the amazing things God has done for me. You know, um, tell it like it is show. Tim's not been paying attention to the clock. We don't have time to take a break, so we're, okay. we've got just a few minutes left. So go ahead and just keep going, Tim. All right. Sorry about that. I was not paying attention to the time, but it's – and I'm not saying all these – the next part of this, the rest of this is me going to be bragging – on on our God, on you know what he's done in my life. And I don't want you to take it like I'm esteeming myself higher than anyone or anything like that. I'm just, I love, like that's the only way I can possibly pay God back for what he's done for me is by sharing what he's done for me, by giving my testimony. I go to the jail, give my testimony there. There's, you know, you talk about a place of some people that are broken, that have maybe given up, you know, some of those people in there have done some terrible things and they feel like it's over. And so I'm very passionate about going there and getting my testimony and preaching there because I know what God's done for me. I know what he's brought me out of. I know I should be in jail. I know I should be in prison for life for maybe, like I say, murdering someone on the road, drinking and driving. Like I know God has a purpose for each and every one of us. So that's the only way I can repay him is just talking about him. And uh, given my testimony, he can do it for me. He can do it for anybody out there. No one is too bad for God to reach. Like, it doesn't matter what you've done. If you will just turn your life over to God and start asking him, I promise you, he'll, he's going he's gonna to guide you. He's going to listen to you. He's going to answer your prayers if they line up with his word. He's not going to answer your prayer if you pray for Mercedes, maybe. But God loves us and He's got a plan for all of us. And I understood that. And once I did, I, it's kind of a revelation. I remember it was August of the following year, 2015. It was August 9th. Uh, I finally decided to get baptized in Jesus' name. I didn't really feel like I needed to get baptized because I was baptized when I was 13 in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And so I, was, I had tons of people telling me about Jesus' name, baptism. And I was like, is going in one ear out the other because I'm like I've already been baptized like I don't need baptized but one day I just I was so convicted someone was teaching preaching on on baptism brother Farron love brother Farron if he's listening and and it just so convicted me I was like I seen it in the scripture and I could tell that God like was talking to me that I needed to be baptized in Jesus name get all of my my sin my filth all of that shame, anything that was holding me down, all that burden that was just weighing on my shoulders, guilt, anything I did someone wrong is all just kind of a cloud in my mind. And it was, is holding me back. It really was. And I knew I needed to be baptized and have all that forgiven. 
and so once I realized that it was it was a really exciting time in my life. I got baptized August 9th, like I said. It was a Sunday morning. And two days later, it was a Tuesday night, was the first time I ever received God's Spirit. It was miraculous. It was something that I've never heard about until I came to a Pentecostal church. I, like I said, I didn't really read my Bible that much, which it's all in the Bible, all over in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament prophesied. It's in the New Testament. It's for us today. It's not just it's not just for the disciples. It is is a powerful experience we all need to experience. And it was I'll never forget because it was my birthday. You know, I was born again, and we, I get two cakes every year. You know, twice a year now. It was August 11th. I first received God's Spirit, and the best way I can describe it is it was just like I even remember exactly what I was praying. I was just, I went to this youth conference. Uh, I wasn't going to go. I was going to stay home and work that week. It was for a week long for youth between like 30 and I think 13 between those ages. And they bring a speaker in and preach. And I just remember my friend that invited me to church talked me into going. He's like, I'll go up there with you. And so my friend Eli, dear friend of mine, uh, first one that invited me to church, he drove me up there to this church camp, went with me and remember him praying for me up at the altar. We were just praying after the worship service. And I remember praying to God, just saying, like, I had to just fully surrender. I had to fully surrender every part of who I was. I had to fully surrender and just tell God to, if I really wanted this gift and I really believe I got to surrender and just humble myself. And I just remember feeling like a little child. I felt God's presence overwhelmed me. I was speaking in a language I had no idea what I was saying, but I couldn't control what I was saying. And I had no, like, hurt in my life. Anything that ever happened, it just vanished. It literally was like something burned it all out from inside me. Like, this good sensation just overwhelmed me. And I literally felt like an innocent child in my life. I didn't feel gross. I didn't feel convicted on what this, what I've done to people and all the sin I was living in, and it was the most amazing day of my life. And then, I i mean, I have some dates that I remember, you know, that, getting married to my beautiful wife, and pretty soon having a baby. I mean, I just have days that I mark in my notes, and that is one of them, was when I first received God's Spirit. And it's just a, it's a powerful thing, and it even tells us in the Bible, like, what it's for. Like, why, what's the purpose of receiving God's Spirit? And there's so many benefits to it. It'll bring so many good things into your life, and it'll get rid of all the negative things, all the hate, the hurt, the anger, bitterness, and it's brought nothing but joy, peace, love, happiness. It's given me power to be a witness, to even talk about God. You know, if if you're shy maybe and don't like sharing your testimony or talking to people, it will give you that power to do that, and it will it'll lead you and guide you. And I'm a living testimony of this, and so many hundreds of thousands of people I've ran into since then it's so much fun talking about it and and just seeing what God's done in our lives. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about besides hunting. No, I'm kidding. But, no, I, I do enjoy hunting. But talking about what God can do for somebody is my, my favorite topic. And sometimes I get carried away and just, you know, <laughs> I tell it all the time. And so I very much enjoy just sharing my testimony and, seen what God's done in my life. He's blessed me beyond 
beyond measure. I literally cannot thank God enough for my family in Wisconsin, my wife's family, family God blessed me with that I was born in. I got so much out of my childhood. I grew up in such a good home. They taught me good things. Uh, I don't believe everything that my dad lived or some of my siblings live. I love them. I don't believe it. And I don't think it's God's will, but I'm not going to bash it. I'm not going to be one to tell them what to do. We all have our lives. It's America. We can, we have free will. God's given us free will to do whatever we choose, but I'm just so thankful for what God's done in my life. Thankful for pastor Simon's allowing me to share my testimony. We're unfortunately running, running out of time tonight. And it's been so good to have Timothy Andre listening and all the, you that have texted me that are listening. I'm glad to have you. We, um, we've got Shane listening tonight. We've got the stoners listening tonight. We've got Jake Hostetler in Pennsylvania. Congratulations on his new baby. Um, just gonna, just uh, I've gonna just squeeze this in real quick. We've got the. Um, if you want to visit our churches here in the Dickinson, North Dakota area, we've got a daughter work in Beach, North Dakota, right now at the Beach Community Center. We just purchased a building in Beach, but right now we just have Tuesday night services at the Beach Community Services or Center at seven thirty. Wednesday night in Dickinson, we have that's our next service at five hundred one Elks Drive. That will be um, our Wednesday night service at 7.30. Thursday night in Bowman at 7.30, right on, it's 18 Main Street, Bowman, a church storefront there. And they also have Sunday services at 10.30. And then Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, Sunday school, 11 o'clock, our worship service at Dickinson at 501 Elks Drive. Uh, before we cut off in the program, on it, just pray for our listening audience. We've got... Uh, Thankful that uh, Brian in his pajamas was in the studio tonight, and we're just we're just teasing him a little bit here. He's a hunter, and he's wearing camouflage. They look like pajamas; they're not pajamas. But we're going to pray, Lord Jesus. We're thankful for each one that's listening tonight. God, we pray that this testimony has touched them. We pray for Tim's family that's listening tonight. God, that you'll touch them. We just ask you to do a work in this area, and we just pray in Jesus' name. God bless you folks for listening, and uh, next Sunday night at 8.06 Mountain Time, tune in again for the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Wind and waves, peace be still, gratitude is overtaking all my thoughts of despair, and the emptiness that once was, Lord, is now a place you fill. And I'm thankful for the faith you placed in me. That you are almighty Because when I'm weak Then I am made strong I'm thankful for the blood you shed for me When you died on Calvary Cause when I'm baptized It removes all my wrong I'm thankful I'm thankful
peace and joy for strife when salvation was so near. So at those times you don't feel like lifting your voice. Remember that Jesus has purchased your choice. The praises you offer can set captives free because where Jesus is, there will be liberty. But if we do not praise you, the rocks will cry out, and we all so much more so will stand up and shout that I'm thankful for the faith you placed in me, and that you are almighty, because when I'm weak, then I am made strong. I'm thankful for the blood you shed for me. Kindness and compassion, where you delivered me from sin and the emptiness within, from the immorality, nothing else could set me free. All the drugs that had me bound, so depressed I thought I'd drown. All the lies of rock and roll could never heal my wounded soul, but you filled me with your spirit and I spoke tongues you gave me how to be a witness and the power to overcome now you've given me a new life because i've been born again of the water and the spirit so that i can enter in into the holiest of holies because that's where you choose to dwell now the covenant is broken with eternal death and hell so if we not praise you, the rocks will cry out, and we owe so much more, so we'll stand up and shout, somebody stand up and shout, that I'm thankful for the sunshine, and I'm thankful for the rain, I'm thankful that you healed me, for a heart that's free from pain. I'm thankful for your goodness, and I'm thankful for your grace. I'm thankful for the smile that you've put upon my face. And the least of all your mercies, I'm not worthy of today. So I lift my voice toward heaven so that you can hear me Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.